This podcast is a production of Queens Public Television Media in New York City. Visit us on the web at qptv.org. QPTV, Queens Public Television, is pleased to sponsor Community Media, a series of podcasts about your public access television channels. And today's episode, United We Stand. Hello and welcome once again to Community Media. I'm your host, John Collins. In a previous episode, a guest spoke about the value of Queens Public Television for getting his message across to our huge Queens viewing audience. QPTV, however, is not alone when it comes to providing a powerful forum for diverse ideas, programming tailored to local issues, and fostering freedom of expression. There are hundreds of similar outlets around the country, and yes, they have formed an association called the Alliance for Community Media. We were fortunate to attend their national conference in Baltimore, Maryland, where, in a crowded concourse area, we interviewed Michael Wassenaar, their president. Although we recorded his remarks then for a print article in our newsletter, later we thought that his thoughts were so relevant that, despite the background noise, we would include them in our podcast for today. To begin, we asked Michael to explain what were the guiding principles which the association was formed to support. Well, the ACM was started uh, many, many years ago, actually in 1976, uh, by uh, local community-based programmers on cable who were interested in ensuring that local issues and local expression were being supported and preserved in what was then a relatively new technical field uh, in you know, cable, which was relatively new in 1976. Over the years, things have changed. Uh, we work now with organizations that are not just working in cable. Sometimes they have radio presence. They'll have internet presence, over-the-top presence, other forms of community media practice. So it's really sort of evolved over the years. But at its heart, we've really been interested in expression and ensuring that there's a freedom of expression at the local level and in local content and making sure that people have the ability to be able to express themselves and really, you know, people can see their local communities in a way that they can't through, say, for example, a commercial channel. And what is the mission today? Our mission is to promote the work that is happening on the ground across the country by our members. Uh, organizations like QPTV and others that are helping the community express themselves, that are finding ways to, for the community be, to be able to understand itself, for neighbors to be able to connect with one another, uh, we do public policy advocacy work in Washington, D.C. and in state capitals around the country to ensure that those resources are protected. And then we also do education work to ensure that our organizations are doing their best and brightest, that they're you know, advancing the mission of their own work in ways that they didn't necessarily see as technology changes. So we're actually helping them to grow their educational programs, to, to grow their impact in audience. Today, more people than ever watch national media outlets. What purpose does community television serve? The way I look at our, our world is that, you know, we've, we have a patchwork, uh, so this crazy, amazing patchwork of communities around the country. I mean, the communities of interest, ethnic communities, but then local communities that not, don't necessarily share the same narrative, right? I mean, and, and the national media narrative doesn't necessarily embrace all of that locality and all of the diversity that we see in our communities. So that's the beauty of the work that we could be doing if we do our work at its fullest, is helping to capture that, uh, that diversity and, and capture 
the true flavor of, of local communities in a way that national media can't. I mean, that's, I think, the beauty of what we could be doing. But in large metropolitan areas like New York, is there still a need for community media? I think very much about Queens. I think about all five of the boroughs. You know, New York is the media capital of the world. And yet, you know, the, the million plus people in Queens, the million plus, plus people in, in Brooklyn, their stories aren't captured by that, that media empire. And it's up to organizations like ours to be able to capture the flavor, the spirit, the history, the history that can be lost in, in community and to help make sure that people understand the cultures of their neighbors. Because very often you could be living somebody next to somebody that you have no clue of, of, of their experiences. And one of the great things that your organization can do and organizations like yours can do is they can help neighbors understand each other. I mean, and that's something that we can do in a way that a national media outlet can't. So you're saying that public access television stations like QPTV are helping to build a sense of community that's exactly right. Community building lies at the heart of what we do, whether we actually talk about it in those types of terms. Many of us don't actually think about us as community engagement specialists, as community builders, but that's really what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. Michael also wasn't confident that we could continue to rely on other traditional sources to cover local issues and ideas. You know, uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier during the course of the conference. Um, you know, newspapers are folding on a almost daily basis across America, whether it be neighborhood newspapers or large community newspapers. Where do people go to find basic information about what's happening in their world? Somebody has to step up. If we don't, there are going to be some very, very bad effects in our communities uh, coming down the pike. A recent report stated that about 1% of corporate national television deals with local issues. Could Michael's Alliance members help address this imbalance? If we don't step up and do that, no one else will. I mean, that's my message that I'm sending to all of our members, is that we have a crisis of local information in America, and we need to step up to be able to serve our communities. And no one else will do it for us. Mike made a persuasive case for the need for community media. But the media landscape is changing rapidly and radically. We wondered what he thought of the impact that tech giants like YouTube, Amazon, Hulu, and others might have. You know, uh, YouTube may change its, I mean, I don't want to slam on YouTube. YouTube's a great, great, great corporation. YouTube's business practices will change. I just guarantee you. Their terms of service will change. Their commitment to your community? I don't know. What is their commitment to your community? It probably doesn't really exist, right? How do you have the ability for a community to under, understand itself? That programming work is not about technology. That's about the, the programming we create that builds common understanding. That's where our mission lies. It's not about gear, and it's not about transmission. Those are means to an end. The end is to make sure that the community can understand itself. That mission will never go away. What about some of the other huge streaming services? Could community media outlets make a deal with, say, Amazon to help carry or fund their programming? Uh, my sense is that, by and large, uh, they're uninterested because they have no local requirements in, say, the way a, a cable provider would. Um, and certainly, for uh, they, will they will provide support. Certainly, Amazon, I think, will provide support for independent production work around America. 
I mean, it's, it's conceivable that a, a, a community media channel with means could probably create its own virtual service through Amazon. But the trick would be they'd have to make sure that all their programming is captioned. Because closed captioning is a requirement for transmission on Amazon to pitch the channel. It's very curious. I don't know that they're interested in local communities necessarily. There may be some opportunities for us to leverage their distribution or to be doing virtual channel distribution through other competitors such as Roku or Sling. Um, there will probably be open systems that are developed that allow community channels to be able to, to do that work over the top. But how much they're interested in Queens? Mildly. So what might be the future for community media? When we return, we'll get Mike's thoughts on the obstacles facing us today and what he thinks the future might bring. Office of Media and Entertainment has brought Broadway and the Burroughs here to Queens, uh, here in Jackson Heights, and we're particularly excited about this particular performance because it's World Pride. New York City is the first U.S. city to host World Pride, and it's the 50th anniversary of Stonewall, and we're at the site of the start of the Pride Parade here in Queens to present excerpts from the prom and be more chill. to make sure that everyone has access to Broadway in some way, shape, or form. Some of the people that are here are probably Broadway fans that follow the shows, but then it might also be some cases where it's the first opportunity people have had a chance to see a Broadway performance, and so we just want to make sure that this rich cultural resource is available to all of the residents of New York City. Don't miss Around Queens. Broadway in the Burrows, and many other programs. You can watch them all on our website, qptv.org. We're back with Mike Wassenaar, president of the Alliance for Community Media. Again, we would like to remind you that his remarks were recorded to be used in a print article for our newsletter, so there is some noticeable background noise. But we judged his ideas important enough to include in our podcast today and its potentially wider audience. Mike made some important points about the need for community media, but we wondered what he considered the major obstacles to its successful growth and development. I think one of the chief hurdles that we'll be looking at is a, continue, a continued downward pressure on local government across America, uh, increased financial pressure, by, placed by federal and state governments on local government, that harms community media practice generally. So I, I don't see that letting up. In some cases, local governments are in a state of crisis. I mean, I have to tell you this, John, but there are some communities in the, the rural Midwest where they can't even pave their own roads. How are we gonna ask them to build studios if they can't pave roads? What is that? I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a corrosive political downward pressure on government in and of itself that we see at the federal level. That's going to be a consistent challenge. What other trends does he see that may have a negative impact on community media? I think also another challenge that we're going to be facing is the changing nature of the cable and wireless industry as they're trying to find ways to reap greater rewards for their public investments. For many, many years, the compact between local government and the cable industry was to pay for use of rights of way and to be able to provide local assistance 
in one way, shape, or form so that communities can express themselves. As the cable industry turns into the wireless industry, as they merge, and we'll see more and more telecom mergers, I think, in the next few months uh, and years, there is less and less interest to do the public good. And that will be a continuing battle for us, both at the local level in terms of negotiations, but then also at the state and federal level in terms of public policy. I think that's going to be a, a continuing battle as well. Surely the Alliance's membership stations in various regions of the country face their own uniquely different problems. What challenges does that bring? Well, I mean, and I, and I think to, to be fair, it's, you know, the solutions that p people craft in a place like Queens are going to look different than they, they look like in, say, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, or, or any of another places. That's actually one of the, the beautiful things about the work that we do, is that we're not looking at a cookie-cutter approach necessarily for media solutions from one community to the next. That said, like, you know, you've got a great, great infrastructure, great, great political backing in a place like Queens. Let's go to a place in the American South. Let's go to Birmingham, Alabama. People in that community have every right to have what you have. But the political conditions make it hard. How do we find ways to make sure that we can build community media in a place that may be inhospitable? It may mean that we have to innovate to be able to make things work. But I, I think there's a huge potential. And so, what does the future of community media look like to Michael? I think the outlook is strong. It will be mixed, though. Some states and some localities will, you know, are being left behind right now, where there isn't a strong tradition of civic media, civic participation, or local community media. Other places have, I think, a flowering of community media practice. Even going beyond what we see on the cable landscape, you know, with community radio, community, community blogs, community newspapers, there's a sort of flowering practice that are happening in some places. The trick that we're going to have to think about, it seems to me, is we're going to have to find, find ways to be able to promote different types of organizations that can flourish in different types of ecosystems, different types of niches, in different types of communities. As our conversation drew to a close, Michael expressed some final thoughts on the importance of community media today and the role of his organization. I just have to underline the entire idea of being able to see people like yourself on television. It is still a unique thing for people as I walk in through neighborhoods throughout the, the entire United States, for people to see themselves and their lives actually appear on a television. It's an exotic thing still. And, and we, even though the television's been you know, part of our lives, maybe our entire lives, it's, a, it's an industrial form, it's a commercial form. And more and more, it's a transnational form that takes hundreds of millions of dollars to create. How in that you know, media structure do you have the ability to actually see someone like you or hear stories about your neighborhood? You simply don't without an organization like a community media organization. It simply will not happen. So for us to be able to ensure that uh, everybody in our communities can understand their, understand themselves, under, you know, see their diversity of our communities, we have to be protecting and actually advancing these organizations. If, if we're mission oriented, we have to constantly be thinking about the evolving needs of our communities and how our mission can endure. I don't think of the work that we do as disposable, right? 
I don't think about it as a project that was great for 10 years while it lasted and the paychecks were great, you know? I think about the continuous need that local communities have for information that's vital for them. That won't go away. We need to be thinking about how our missions endure for the next generation and beyond. When we do that work at our best, people love us. People love the work of community media because there's something real in it that they can't see day to day uh, through other means. As president of the ACM, Mike Wassenaar is a leader with a vision for how we can all continue to support the important contributions of community media to local life. He also sees the importance of standing together to advocate against those forces that might diminish or even eliminate this valuable service. We hope you enjoyed hearing his remarks and that you'll continue listening to our podcast. The Community Media Podcast Series attempts to explain the value of community media for today's audiences and seeks to ensure its continued service to our publics. For QPTV, I'm John Collins wishing you only the best. If you enjoyed our podcast, please tell someone you know about it. If you want to learn more about how you can support community media, check out the video, Stop the FCC from Defunding Public Access. It's on our website, qptv.org.